EO Fire 1376. You are enough that you need to be yourself and to be true to what makes you happy. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. EOFire.com is your go-to resource for everything you need to rock your entrepreneurial journey. Ignite. Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Alex Ferrari. Alex, are you prepared to ignite? You know it, sir. Yes. (laughs) Alex is an award-winning writer, director, and founder of IndieFilmHustle.com and the popular Indie Film Hustle podcast. His mission is to help filmmakers survive and thrive in the film business, and his podcast became the number one filmmaking podcast on iTunes in three short months. Alex, take a minute, fill in some gaps in that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Basically, I've been a filmmaker for about 20 years. I've been in the film business for about 20 years in post-production and as a director. And um, uh, we, after many years, I wanted to open up Indie Film Hustle kind of to give back to my community, to my film community. And about 10, now almost 12 years ago, I directed a short little film called Broken that I started my entrepreneurial point at at that point in the film business then because I created this short film put together three and a half hour tutorial on how I put it together put it on DVD and sold over 5,000 copies on DVD uh, all by myself Uh, you know like literally packing them in my house sending them out this is way before any online uh, capabilities for video and things like that so tough question I'm breaking in here what Uh was approximately your net profit on those sales we made close to about $100,000. So that's after all expenses? Between ninety to 100000 because it wasn't that expensive to, you know, we get the, the DVD master, the glass master, get it all printed up. I mean, I, we were profiting off of each disc. I mean, the discs were costing us like a dollar yeah, twenty or something like that because we were buying them by thousands. So we, um, we were just very, very successful. Probably one of the most successful short films I've ever heard of. I've never heard of any other short film selling uh, DVDs like that. And I wish, believe it or not, I just wish I could have just kept going with that because after I did that and was so successful, I had Roger Ebert review my short wow. film. I mean, I, I, and he gave it a, a good review, a short film that wasn't in the festival where I met him. And that's a whole other story. But, um, you know, had him, I had, I was in over uh, total of all the film festivals I've been in, I've been over, probably in over 600 film festivals with all of my projects over the years. Um, I got covered by all the major networks. I got called by studios. Uh, I was being flown out to LA. I did the whole, the whole trip off of this one little short film. And the one thing I stopped doing was because I got so caught up in the whole Hollywood game was I didn't do what I really liked to do was just continue to shoot and to continue to kind of pay it forward and show people how I did stuff. Because back in 2004, 2005, there was, Hard to believe, no information on how to make an independent film wow. uh, back then. YouTube was just being born, and this is before Google took it over, so it was just a year old when, when it was up. I still have my original broken trailer up <laughs> on YouTube, which is, what, nine years old, ten yeah. years old now. Um, but if I would have kept going down this road and maybe started a YouTube channel, and I could have I literally owned 
that market. But I stopped, unfortunately, and, and life took over and I did other things and I kept working in my post and things like that. But now this is my attempt to come back in and where I kind of analyze the marketplace of my niche, which is something uh, that you and a lot of the other guys uh, talk about, is un- understanding the niche you're in. And I understand filmmakers. I understand independent filmmakers because that's the business I've been in for 20 years. I analyzed the, the, the whole marketplace right now. And there really wasn't, again, there's a couple of big players, but again, nobody with that really kind of John Lee Dumas touch in, <laughs> in my niche. I'll take know. it. I'll take it. I'll take it. So there wasn't anything like that in my niche. So I decided to kind of come out. And if you go to IndieFilmHustle.com, you'll see me. I'm very, out there. <laughs> like I have a, a gun, but it's a, it's a camera. I'm yelling. I'm mm. like a really big personality. There's <laughs> nobody like that. And the few people that I did see out there didn't have any street credibility. You know, there are a lot of guys just kind of up there just like talking stuff and trying to tell you how to make a film when they really have never made one. So, or been in the business or have had experiences, you know, and things like that. So that's why I think I was able to uh, grow so quickly, not only through my podcast, but through my website. It's grown exponentially. Uh, over, the, I've been around now for eight months, nine months now. And, uh, like you said in the beginning, over three, in three months, I was the number one podcast. Uh, and I tell you how I did that, by the way, by doing what you did. Aww. What you did was, and I was like, well, you know, John, he puts out seven podcasts a week. <laughs> so I'm not going to be that crazy. Right. That's great. But I'll, but I'll do two because that's double anybody else in my niche. Right. So because I was able to do two a week and consistently do two a week, I got a lot of love from iTunes. I got a lot of love from a lot of Stitcher and all the other guys because they just started seeing like, well, this guy's consistent and he's the only one doing it in this niche. So I just kind of came in and dominated um, the podcast world for for the niche. And it's not massive. You know, it's not a massive numbers thing like what you get. or It's quality. It's quality of leads. I mean, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. So many people are just like, John, like I see you get over a million listens per month. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a really broad podcast. I mean, people are listening that are in a hundred different niches and, yes. and I keep my topic very broad purposefully because that's what I was looking to grow. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's not always the best way to go about things, especially today's day and age. You got to go niche. You got to get down there, Fire Nation, and just dominate and own it. And a couple of things I want to mention, Alex, mm-hmm. high size 2020. I mean, don't yes. beat yourself up out of that. I mean, Fire Nation, <laughs> there's a great quote. I actually did a little JLD Snapchat rant yesterday on this. And it is, mm-hmm. the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. We get it. You know, then we'd have a full grown <laughs> tree. But the yep. second best time is today. So get off your arse. Stop complaining about how you wish you did this or you wish you kept doing that and start. And look what Alex did. He started and now he's reinventing himself. He's rebranding himself. He's coming back into the spotlight because he learned from the experience and now he's moving forward. So powerful stuff. Now, Alex, let's keep this part kind of quick because we've kind of got into a, we've gone into a little bit of detail about this already. But how do you generate revenue today? Well, the big thing I started doing is creating online courses. So the way I first um, first figured out that online courses was, at least in my niche, a very powerful revenue stream is I became an affiliate for um, some other com- some other websites that sell courses that are aimed at my niche. So I'm I'm fairly good at marketing and getting the word out and branding and things like that. So that's kind of where my niche is. I, I've always been able to do that ever since the beginning. So when I figured out that I was able to sell other people's courses and at a substantial amount, uh, I was like, wait a minute, I'm just, I'm, I'm making real money now. Holy cow. So I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm getting a percentage off that. But if I made my own 
well, I could get more. So I started creating my own courses. Um, and some of them vary from just strictly filmmaking courses. And then I created some social media courses because I was able to build up my Twitter following. I got 10,000 followers in 10 weeks and they were all real followers, like all real Gee, people geeky. in my niche. Right. Exactly. I didn't buy them. I didn't just like go, you know, broad. It's very, right, you just like follow people and hope they follow you back. Not even really worrying what niche they're in or what they care about consuming for content. Exactly. And I focused on my peeps, my niche. And now I'm up to 27,000 in however, I think probably about five or six months since I started, because I really even take Twitter seriously at the beginning. Um, so I would see, I taught, I teach a course on that. Uh, and then I started doing, uh, since my podcast started growing, I started getting approached by sponsors. So I started doing some sponsors. I just started doing sponsorship nice. work. Uh, with the podcast um, and getting that and listening to you, of course, right. on how to price that properly. <laughs> um, and then I'm also going to be launching a membership site in Ooh. the next, uh, probably the next couple weeks, two to three weeks. Wow. I'm going to be not launching that because I'm just about to, to start shooting my first feature film uh, called This Is Meg. And uh, what I'm doing is creating a membership site for my followers and for people in my niche to see how I create this movie from the beginning, like literally how to get the LLC, how to create the poster art, how to create a crowdfunding campaign, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and they'll watch me go through this entire process all the way to the end where I sell it, distribute it, self-distribute it or get picked up for and or get picked up for distribution elsewhere. But this is a very unique experience that they're going to be able to interact with me. It's not just going to be voyeuristic where they're just watching. Uh, there is that aspect of it, but they'll also be able to ask me questions. And once a month, once or twice a month, I'll be doing Google Hangouts, things like that. All that's included in my membership site, as well as all of my courses, extra content, unique things like that. So again, taking you, taking your lead, sir. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you're giving me too much credit, my man, but I, I'll take it all. Fire Nation, listen to Alex. He says, just follow JLD and the world is your oyster. But <laughs> Alex, I kind of want to talk a little bit about your journey now because, you know, we've talked about some regrets that you've had, you know, obviously mm -hmm. not really just doubling down, tripling down on YouTube when you could have XYZ. Let's talk about what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Really take us to that moment in time and tell us that story. The worst one I'm going to say is still probably the best one, not in the sense, not in the traditional sense. The worst entrepreneurial spirit moment I had was uh, three and a half, almost four years ago, I turned to my wife and I said, hey, I'm really kind of burnt out of this whole movie business. <laughs> uh, hey, why don't we open up an olive oil and vinegar shop? Really? Exact, everyone says the exact same thing. They're like, what? I opened up an olive oil and vinegar gourmet company in Los Angeles and became the largest um, olive oil and vinegar store in the Los Angeles area. Are the keywords and vinegar? And vinegar. Yes, balsamic vinegar. Oh, balsamic. Got it. Eight, all aged 25 years. All like the, I mean, it was really high-end product. And I took all of my knowledge and experience of marketing and video. I mean, I had a, I have, I still, it's up there somewhere if you guys want to go find it, but I have, I have a YouTube show about olive oil and vinegar. I have another YouTube show about. Is it like a la Gary V with Wine Library where he's just like, yo, I'm trying know, this red? No, it wouldn't be that. It's more about informational. Like, what is olive oil? Like, how do you cook with it? Is it fake? Is it not fake? It's things like that. Info, informational okay, stuff. Cool. Like what is truffle oil and things like that. So we created this company and I had, first of all, no retail experience other than when I worked in a video store back in high school. Uh, neither did my wife. We 
signed a lease on one of the most prestigious roads uh, Ventura Boulevard here in Los Angeles and Studio City. Uh, then we opened up a store within basically from the idea to the launch was four, uh, four months. Wow. Built the entire thing. Yes. And we built the store up in, in 30 days, hmm. literally. And it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was stunning. It was way too big. But we <laughs> went into the – I can't even tell you the mistakes we made along the way. But what we, just, what we did was go into it completely half-cocked. We kind of had a loose business plan, but because our profit margins were so high – on, on the product line, I mean, we were getting probably anywhere between three to 600% markup wow. on, on our product. It sounds impressive, but when you cover the overhead, the employees, um, the marketing that we did, which was, I did a lot of free marketing, then the amount of work, I mean, the amount of just work, anybody out there listening that has a retail store, I, God bless you. It is the mo- most ball busting kind of work <laughs> I've ever done. And not just the <laughs> store. Then we went into farmers markets, right? And uh, events, you know, like sixty thousand people events, you know, like affairs and stuff. And we did an online business, and we did a wholesale business. So we did all this stuff. I'm very proud to say we were never once in the red, ever. But the amount of black was definitely not enough for the amount of of um, time and energy we were putting yeah, in. Yeah, sounds like if you're not generating like about a million dollars in profit a year, you're probably not going to want to stay there very long. If we would have been able to generate even take home 300, 400,000, we would have probably like, okay, let's keep going. But we weren't. We weren't doing that. We were just killing ourselves, uh, literally physically killing ourselves uh, doing this, my wife and I, that it just didn't make any sense. So that to me was the worst experience as an entrepreneur I've ever had. But on the good side is the lessons I've learned about business, the people skills I picked up along the way, the you know, all sorts of different things. Now I'm actually consulting other olive oil companies <laughs> on how to do things because I was able to achieve stuff right. that a lot of people had never seen before. And now I'm actually consulting other companies about olive oil, like specifically the business. Like here's where you go get this. Here's where you get the cheapest bottles. Here's how you're going to generate leads because I start doing the whole internet marketing thing, but for olive oil, because um, that's not a lot of a lot of people doing that kind of stuff for the olive oil and vinegar business. So anyway, that's the worst, but yet, there are some shiny lights, and I think more shiny uh, moments from that experience will present itself in the years to come. But it's still a little raw and a little too close to come <laughs> because I only closed it. I closed it down one month after I had started Indie Film Hustle, so like okay. I was already going down this road. Got it, got it. Well, there's a lot Fire Nation that I hope that you can take away from this. But Alex, I really want to kind of pull you back right now and say. Let's share with Fire Nation one of your biggest lessons learned, and not specifically about retail or about oh the olive, but you know, more specifically just about the entrepreneurship venture that you were on. Like, what do you want to make sure our listeners get from that story? From that story is if you're going to go into any business, understand every aspect of that business, meaning a business plan, an exit strategy. Like we had no exit strategy. We had no idea where we were going to finish with this. We had no exit strategy. We had no idea what overhead, how much we were actually going to generate a month. Uh, you just have to get those numbers down. I mean, just listen to Shark Tank. I mean, I watch Shark Tank every week. I mean, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. And have you even watched After the Tank? Oh, I, I, Beyond the Tank? I watched Yeah, Beyond week. the Tank. Oh, oh, it's wonderful. You can see all these guys just fall flat on their face sometimes. Yeah. And then other ones blow up. But the guys who blow up understand their numbers, understand that. You just have to understand what you're getting into. Like for us, 
if we would do it all over again, we would never do retail. We found out that our, but this is only hindsight, obviously. Our money was being made in farmer's markets, events, online. And online would have been when we focused the most on and wholesale. And we would have never gotten a retail aspect of it because retail was just ridiculous. Mm. It just didn't. So it, it basically anchored us down. That sucked all of our profit. Right. We did all the other stuff to support this beast. Because we're good people and we didn't want to break the lease. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I would suggest. Know your numbers and understand every aspect of the business you go. And understand the risk that you're going in on. Because if you sign that lease for a space, understand that you got to be able to generate that cash. That's why the world of inter- internet, uh, the internet world is a whole lot different. Because yeah. the cost is not that much. And Fire Nation, I really want to kind of jump in here and say, you have to find a mentor. Somebody who has been where you want to be. I mean, if Alex had gone forward and found somebody who had successfully or unsuccessfully, but for a significant amount of time, run a retail store and said, hey, I need to talk to you. Like, like, what was it like? Like, what should I expect? I mean, he would have gotten some real information that he probably didn't even think about. And that person might have said, hey, listen, this is where all the money's at. You don't want to tie yourself down to a store. You don't want to have to get these employees that are manning the, the hours. You want to be mobile. You want to be on the move. You want to be hitting up these farmer's markets and making these deals with wholesalers. Like, he might have learned all of that. So find a mentor who is where you want to be right now and learn from them. Be bold. Go say, hey, can I, can I be mentored by you? If they say no, then say, well, can you recommend somebody to mentor me? Because guess what? They probably know people who'd be a great mentor and you can just keep going down that line. Now, Alex, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? My biggest weakness is I have shiny light syndrome. Mm. <laughs> I've, I always, I'm like, oh, I could do this. Oh, I can do this. And, <laughs> oh, but I could do this now. I can make some money over here. And oh, I could do this over there. And that shiny light syndrome is where my wife goes, stop it. Stop it. Just focus on what so every time i'm like well you know i could do something with the olive oil videos and she's like no (laughs) no alex every time you think about that you said the word already focus it's follow one course until Mm -hmm. success focus Mm -hmm. yes what's your biggest strength i'm very resilient and i have the ability to hustle like nobody else i'll work harder than anybody else doing what i do that's why i think i've gotten the um, success with indie film hustle. Yeah, I, I have a, I, I'm part of a mastermind with a bunch of the other, a bunch of other guys in my niche, <clears throat> and they all always talk to me. They're like, "I can't do what you do, man. How do yeah. you do it? Like, how many, How can you keep us?" I'm like, "Well, I'm nothing compared to John Lee." <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, when I, I always tell that story, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your butt, John. Seriously, man. I just like <laughs> the seven days he out hustled everybody. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk. Eat this. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. And Gary's like, Gary, you do one, huh? You know, like, like every, like it's obsessed. Like when I heard that story, I'm like, what? He's yeah. crazy. But this is a key that I do want to make sure that Fire Nation's getting as well is that hustle and it's hard work, but it's got to be in the right areas. It's got to be smart. You know, it's got to be streamlined in areas that are actually having results because you could have worked your heart out on that retail store and you'd still be netting, you know, whatever it was, you know, 50, mm-hmm. 80, whatever it was, just killing yourself on that. And then you could take that exact same amount of, t- of hustle and energy and focus and effort and put it towards something else and mm-hmm. be making, you know, a million, two million, three million dollars a year because it's in the right areas. Now, Fire Nation, I don't want you going anywhere because we got some awesome stuff coming up in the lightning round. We're going to take a quick minute first to thank our sponsors. 
EO Fire is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. How cool is it that we live in a world where you can use the same device to listen to EO Fire and buy your morning coffee, groceries, and more? And did I mention it's a super fast way to pay? Just use your City Card with Android Pay at the register. Get in, get it, get going. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible City Consumer Credit and debit cards. Fire Nation, have you ever started working on a project and been so excited you forgot about hiring someone to make it a reality? Finding someone who's trustworthy and who can help bring your project to life is a big deal. That's why I love businesses created to help solve a specific pain point like TopTal. I interviewed the founder of TopTal, Brendan, back on episode 132 of EO Fire. Brendan is very passionate about helping people find the perfect developer or designer, so much so that TopTal only accepts the top 3% of those they screen. Also, check this out. This really blew my mind. TopTal also offers a two-week no-risk trial period. If you're not happy with the work done during your trial period, TopTal will pay the developer or designer and you'll get your money back. To get started on this amazing two-week no-risk trial, visit toptal.com slash fire or shoot me an email and I'll personally introduce you to an executive at TopTal who can help you get set up. John at eofire.com. Alex, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am, sir. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The fear of failure, without question. Just, I didn't want to fail. And that's, I think, as an artist and as an entrepreneur, you always are like, oh, but what if I fail? And as I gotten older, I realized that failure is part of the process. And without failure, failure, failure you cannot grow. What is the best advice you've ever received? You are enough that you need to be yourself and to be true to what makes you happy because nobody else wants a carbon copy of somebody else doing, I'll use directing as a niche. Nobody wants another Martin Scorsese or another <laughs> Spielberg. There's, they already have another Tarantino. We already got a Tarantino. We don't need another one. We need a John Lee Dumas. We need an Alex Ferrari. We need you, you to be yourself. And that's the success that all people, all entrepreneurs have is people who are true to themselves and what makes them happy. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? As Woody Allen says, 90% of success is just showing up. And that is mine. Just be consistent. Constantly, I mean, putting out two podcasts a week, putting out content upon contact on, my, on Indie Film Hustle. I just show up and I keep pounding it, pounding it, pounding it. But just be intelligent about how you're pounding it, but keep that hustle going. Share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation. I like Trello, Trello.com that organizes uh, all your tasks, uh, creates beautiful lists on how to like do things like to-do lists that you could just knock out and you can share with other people in your organization or team. It's wonderful. Do you recommend just one book for our listeners? What would it be and why? The 4-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss. It's the book that kind of opened the whole world to me in the sense of like, wow, I can actually create a business online and make money doing it and support my family and grow it. And basically the sky is the limit about what I can do online Alex, I want to end today on fire, brother, with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say bye-bye. Best way to connect with me is go to IndieFilmHustle.com. Um, also on Facebook, uh, just Indie Film Hustle, um, Twitter, Indie Film Hustle, all that kind of stuff. But the best way is IndieFilmHustle.com and the podcast as well, the Indie Film Hustle podcast. Uh, you can always search me out through there. Parting piece of guidance. 
being yourself, I can't express that enough, man. Uh, so many people try to be other people and it's always great to take it, uh, to be inspired by other people. And, uh, you know, like Francis Ford Coppola says, steal, steal from the best if you're going to steal. You know, we all steal from everybody else, but to be yourself, to do you. And that is like the mantra that I've become, I'm being come known for now is just be yourself because it's so hard to look yourself in the mirror and be who you are and understand who you are and not to try to be somebody else. Just be yourself and a lot of things will fall into place. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you have been hanging out with AF and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Alex in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Best show notes in the biz, Fire Nation, timestamps, links, you name it, it's there. And of course, you can go to IndieFilmHustle.com to check out more about Alex and his podcast by the same name. Alex, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, man. Pleasure being here. Fire Nation, it's tough to figure out exactly what your ideal customer wants and needs. But sometimes all you have to do is ask. And Qualaroo can help. Qualaroo lets you deliver real-time surveys to your site visitors so you can ask for feedback and help improve user experience. With class-leading targeting and segmentation abilities, it's easy to ask the right users the right questions at the right time. Take the guesswork out of your strategy. Visit Qualaroo.com to get your first two weeks of service free. That's Q-U-A-L-A-R-O-O dot com. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you're ready to share your voice and message with the world, freepodcastcourse.com is for you. Learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast for free and ignite.